Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? I am good. I am so excited to chat today. I have a special guest. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little about you. Hi, my name is Bridget Vanderike. I am an indie author, very, very new to the indie author game, but I um, published my first contemporary romance novel, 10 Dates, last July. And yeah, I'm looking forward to later this year releasing a sequel. So yeah, it's been a journey so far and um, I have really, really enjoyed getting to know people on the Instagram book community and just being able to reach out and finding a lot of like-minded people. So it's um, been quite the journey so far. Yeah, I can only imagine. I feel like this is the age of indie authors and like we are all just so excited to find you guys. So I'm stoked. <laughs> I had no idea that there were that many indie authors. I had actually no idea what the what the term indie author actually meant. When I finished the book and I was trying to get it published, I thought traditional publishing was the only way. So it's really nice to be able to collaborate and, you know, ask questions and things like that and really get to get to know people and get to know more about the publishing world from the indie perspective. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, I feel like back in the day when we were all so much younger, like we literally thought traditional publishing was the only way or like self pub. And it was like, they were always bad, you know? And like, yeah, so absolutely. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's so cool to see indie authors like make this rise and you guys come out with these like amazing books and have this great community for you guys to like thrive off of each other. I love it. Absolutely. It's amazing. And the support from everyone on um, the Bookstagram community is amazing. Finding people that are so supportive of you that you've never met and from all different parts of the world. It's a pretty, it's a pretty fun experience. Yeah. It's wild. They were, our yeah. parents were always like, don't make friends with people on the internet. And now my yeah. old friends are people on the internet. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy, isn't it? Different world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we start off all of our interviews with a series of questions. So we'll start with those. And my first question is, what is your favorite standalone? So I'm pretty big on the standalones. At the moment, contemporary romance is my jam and rom-coms. So my current favorite is Hook, Line and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. So I read that one last year and um, nothing has been able to top it so far. So it's definitely top of my list at the moment. That is a great choice. That is one of my favorites. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. <laughs> She's Yeah. Yeah. I met her at a Polycon. Well, I went to her signing oh. for when it released, like the one she yeah. did in Westport and exciting yeah it was it was like such a wild experience because there were like 30 people there and she had Mm -hmm. done two so it was like 60 total I think but it was just like so small and like intimate it was at the winery and it was such a vibe and then I started a polycon and we like ran into her at the bar and I like screamed in her face about how much I loved the book and she was like okay well it was nice to meet you I have to leave and I will never speak to you again and I was like (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing I love that yeah yeah so I, I love that book as well it's so great that's awesome so good yeah okay so what is your favorite series So like I said, standalones are really my thing at the moment because I'm like most contemporary romance and rom-coms tend to be the standalones. But um, before I started getting into contemporary romance, when I was a little bit younger, I used to read a lot of young adult fantasy. Mm -hmm. And I think my all-time favorite is still Maze Runner by James Dashner. Okay. I loved the books and I thought the first movie was amazing. Like most film adaptations, though, I was really disappointed about the subsequent movies because the source material was amazing and they just deviated so far from it. But I feel like that's very common among film adaptations. (laughs) Yeah. 
I have actually only ever seen the first one because I heard yeah. so many things about the second one. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to let it go. And I'm only going to watch that one. And like, I love Dylan O'Brien. And I was like, I can't, yes. I can't let that, <laughs> that be something it's not. I think you had to kind of take the movies and the books for what they were separately rather than trying to, I guess, look at them as like the film adaptation of the book and stuff like that. And they were all right like that, but yeah, nothing still beat the books. Yeah, that's totally fair. I like that. Yep. <laughs> okay, so who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Um, I um, I'd actually have to say the book boyfriend I created for Ten Dates. Uh, so Wentworth Turner, so the male main character in Ten Dates. And I feel like part of the fun with being a romance author is being able to design and create your own perfect book boyfriend. So Absolutely. he'd have to be mine. That is great. That's a great choice. And I always say that. I'm like, it could definitely be one of your characters because you created them. And That's right. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I agree. He's definitely in my top 10. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So who's your ultimate book girlfriend? Uh, book girlfriend. We'll go back to hook, line and sinker. Definitely Hannah Bellinger. I've, I loved Piper in the first, um, in the first book, but Hannah was just that strong female lead. She had ambition. She had substance. She was everything that I wanted in a female main character. Yeah, I would have to agree. She's really great. Yeah, she's yep, a really loved good. her, and yep. she's a good like main character or that really thinks she's a side character but has like main character potential. Like I loved that yes. about her. Yeah, I loved that whole that whole arc about her wanting to be her own leading lady and stuff like that. And she had the potential the whole time. Yeah, but she just had to she just had to realize it. Yeah, I love that. No, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How you got started into writing and your journey so far? I feel like like most authors, I've been writing for most of my life, just as a kid coming up with stories and things like that. Um, I actually started writing 10 dates when I was fresh out of high school. So I was 18 and it took me over a decade to actually finish the book. It was one thing that kind of just got left on the side and things like that. But I feel like my 20s were a really important time for me to kind of come into my own as an author and be confident as a writer as well, because writing your own stories and sharing it with other people is the most terrifying thing ever, especially for your first novel when you're like, oh my God, this is some people are going to think this is trash. Like this is no good. Like it's that imposter syndrome thing. And I think so many authors go through that, which is why so many authors never end up publishing their works, which is such a shame. But yeah, so it took me over a decade to finally finish 10 dates and then go through the whole publishing thing, the indie scene, um, and I actually ended up writing 20 of the 26 chapters while I was on maternity leave with my first child. So it was a bit of an endeavor. It was super, super busy, but I got it done. And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my gosh. That is an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Big adventure. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. I, yeah, it's crazy because I feel like you, like people always say that they're like, oh, I've been writing stories my whole life. This is how I know I'll never be an author because I've never written a story a day in my life. But it's crazy <laughs> that you guys spend like all this time creating these and crafting these and you're right. Like it's, it's wild to think about all the unpublished ones. And like, it's so fun for everyone to kind of come into their own. And I love that you were able to finally work through it, finish the whole story and, and come out with it. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit of a spoiler-free synopsis of 10 dates? What's it about the tropes, all the fun stuff? Okay, sure. No worries. Um, so 10 dates is Gossip Girl Goes Hollywood style love story. So we've got the unlikely romance between an aspiring Victoria's Secret supermodel 
And um, one of the paparazzi that like to torment her and her fabulous, rich, spoiled Hollywood friends. So the main character, Libby, has a little bit too much to drink in another one of her swanky Hollywood parties that she goes to. Ends up in bed the next morning with a paparazzi who is definitely not her boyfriend. So she's desperate to keep the scandal away from the tabloids and to keep her image scandal free. And it turns out that Wentworth just wants one thing in exchange for his silence, which is 10 dates. So they embark on a very, very unlikely love story yeah so throughout the course of the 10 dates we learn a lot more about Libby that she's got a lot more substance than most people think which is you know very very common for people in the spotlight celebrities Hollywood heiresses socialites etc and um yeah the perfect kind of romance if you like your love stories with the side of scandal and gossip yeah yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the setup, how it was very much like Gossip Girl. And you could feel that like frenemies, but they're still like friends. She cares a lot about them. But at the same time, like they're may or may not be willing to like stab each other in the back at some point in time. Yep. It's that underlying toxicity in the Yeah, yeah, we love sure. it. <laughs> so was it hard for you to write the characters in that way and kind of create these conflicts? Or did you feel like it was pretty easy to like build the structure of them? Well, I actually, um, so I went to high school at an all-girls private school. So there were plenty of characters that inspired the characters that ended up in the book. So there was a lot of inspiration I drew from my real life, obviously, you know. I wasn't a Hollywood socialite or a supermodel or anything like that. So I took a lot of bits and pieces of people that I'd met and things that I experienced, the bitchiness of high school and being all-girls especially, and kind of embellished it chucked into a Hollywood scene and things like that. Um, but I actually did, I wrote all the characters before I even came up with the love story and the whole premise of 10 Dates. So yeah, it, it was very, very much character driven. And so that's why I focused a lot in the novel on that character development because characters are so pivotal in being able to set the scene and set that world so you can kind of then go with the story. Yeah, I love that. You did a great job because I was like invested. So. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what made you decide to write it in this kind of like multiple POV style? And then, you know, towards the end, it's mostly just Libby and Wentworth's POV, but we got a lot of the characters at the beginning and developed that. So what was your decision there for, for writing it that way? It was funny because when I actually wrote this, I hadn't actually read a lot of romance outside like Nicholas Sparks, which is that single POV. Yeah. And so I found that a lot of the romance I like to I like to read is um, from that dual POV. So we did have that in 10 dates and I love to be able to see like the different perspectives in that sense. But um, I thought it was really important for the actual story to see it from the different POVs as well. So from Libby and her friends from the Brat Pack, just to be able to see how people were actually percepting her change in character because that was such a pivotal moment for mm -hmm. the book just to see how, you know, as the 10 dates were progressing and she was getting to know Wentworth and things like that, how she was actually changing as a person and not only her being able to realise that and Wentworth being able to see that, but the people around her that weren't used to seeing that side of her being able to see that as well. So I think that's why I decided on that multiple POV. But yeah, in the sequel, I tried to, you know, tone it down a little bit. Some people did say that they got very confused because there were so many multiple POVs. <laughs> but that's the beauty of getting feedback as an author, being able to, you know, try different things and work with, you know, the feedback that you have and trying to make anything that you write from here on better. Yeah, I love that. I really liked the idea of all their POVs and kind of getting to know who the characters were individually. And then I was like, okay, so I know Libby's the main character, but at the same time, 
you know, we're getting a little bit of everybody. You get to yeah. kind of establish those relationships. So I love that. And I, I was just curious as to what made you decide to do that because I was like, I like this, that it's not just two, it's like six. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like you said, so yeah, it's, um, I think that's the, that's why we, um, when you publish, you get so many different yeah. um, points of view and stuff like that. And it's great to take on feedback, but at the same time, it's important to kind of go with what you feel as well. Cause I feel like if you're trying to make everybody happy, it, it just kind of gets a bit crazy yeah. in your mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. Where did you get the idea for the 10 dates concept for this? I actually couldn't tell you. It was such okay. a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, I always knew that it was going to be a love story of sorts and I wanted it to be something unique and I never read anything quite like it, but mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't tell you where the original idea came from. It was such a long time ago. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really cute. I wonder where it came from. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so how has this last year been for you since you published and kind of growing and with your following and everything like that and then writing the sequel? What's that been like? It's been crazy. I've had a lot of people ask what like the benchmark of success, like I would consider the benchmark of success as an indie author. And to me, it's not really about, you know, selling a million copies, although, you know, that's the dream and being on the New York Times bestseller list, also the dream. But it's mainly about the fact that I've been able to touch so many people with this one story, this little story that I came up with when I was 18. And I've had people from all around the world give me reviews and say, you know, we loved your book and stuff like that. And that is just absolutely crazy to me. There's that many people in the world. There's so many different places to be able to touch people with my, what started as my little tiny story is, has been the most rewarding thing. And that is what I would define as, you know, I I think that because of that, my novel has been really successful to me, but yeah, it's been crazy trying to market the book. Um, Obviously because I've independently published I don't have a marketing team I don't have an editor and things like that don't have a publishing house backing me so it has been really interesting learning the ropes of the marketing and finding out what's the best way to market your book and things like that but at the same time my creative brain is always going so I am over the summer here in Australia so that's um, December January February I smashed out the first draft of the sequel which I'm really excited to then now work with my beta readers and edit and things like that. So yeah, it's um, kind of nonstop. And um, I think that's probably a misconception that people don't realize that as soon as you publish a book, that's really just the beginning. There's so much to keep going with and so much to always do. And yeah, so just been really, really busy, but it's been yeah. great. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's crazy to think like, as soon as you publish, you're like, okay, this is so great. I'm going to celebrate for the day that it's being published for the week and I'm going to have to keep promoting that. But also at the same time, I'm going to be over here writing another book. I've, I've read that one 15 times. Like I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I'm, you know, when you're trying to read up, like, you know, how, how do you promote your book and things like that and all the different hints and tips, And one of the things that I didn't realize was that um, when you're an indie author and you've got one book out, that's great. And people will take a chance on that. But the more books that you actually have out, I guess, the more appealing you become as an author. So then it was like, oh, great. So I've got to market this book. But at the same time, I've got to think about getting the sequel out and things like that and not leaving it too long between books. And yeah, it's you're pretty much just a one man publishing show. So yeah, it's it's been really interesting, but busy, but also rewarding. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like, I, f- I feel like so many indie authors just pump out like three, four, five, nine books a yeah. year. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> that I is know, it's insane. crazy. Yeah. I-, I love that for you, but also, wow. 
Yeah, no, I, where do they find the time? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So you're working on a sequel now. What is the sequel about? Who's it about? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. The sequel is titled 3000 Words. And um, basically we are following Libby's story from where 10 Dates finishes off. So we're looking at new city. We have new characters. We will have some old characters coming back in and things like that. So we're not quite done with the Brat Pack yet, even though we've got Libby moving away. And it's really, and I was describing it to someone the other day where 10 Dates is kind of like your Romeo and Juliet love story, that forbidden love kind of thing. Whereas 3000 Words is driven by a love story as well, but it's more like your Legally Blonde style love story where the love story drives it, but it's mainly about that female married character coming into her own, realizing who she is, realizing what she wants and things like that. And that was really important for me to, I guess, continue with that theme of there's so much more substance to Libby than Mm -hmm. um, we even explored in 10 dates. And so I've really taken that and run with it in 3000 words. And um, the feedback that I've received has been really good. People were really invested in that character. And so I was like, yep, let's drive that home. Still going to have, you know, all the romantic elements. I wrote my first meet cute, which was fun. Um, Even though I really, really hate the term meet cute uh, (laughs) (laughs) myself. But yeah, so it was um, fun to be able to do different things. But yeah, definitely it's being driven by by Libby as you know that central main character I love that that is so good to hear I'm super excited to read it (laughs) so is this plan to be a series is it just going to be a duology or what's kind of next for the the rest of the team I feel like the sequel has left me room to kind of either leave it as a duology or finish it off with one more book so I haven't really thought too much about it obviously there are there are ideas just floating around in my head all the time (laughs) because I can't stop those but yeah I'm really happy with the duology as is so if I never get a chance to write another book I'll be happy with where it kind of finished off and I was really happy with that with 10 dates as well I feel like it had the opportunity to just kind of be a standalone yeah series but I think yeah I think I got one more book in me after this one and it'll give me a chance to kind of tie up some of those loose ends that I think are still hanging around (laughs) okay I like that that's awesome yeah I love when you get a romance and you're like okay I want to know what's happening next but a lot of the times you get them and it's like about someone else in the book right like that happens a ton where it's a series but it's like a different main character in the next one so I love the idea of you continuing on and just making the entire one an actual series about her so that's awesome I love it Yeah. And I also didn't want to make it, I guess, too similar. So I've made sure that, you know, the tropes that I've done in the books are are different and then we've got a different focus and things like that. Just so it's not all being like, oh, well, you probably could have stopped at one. You've kind of just dragged it out a little bit and stuff like that. I really want it to just kind of be like the natural progression, the natural continuation. So fingers crossed. That's what it feels like when you read the sequel. (laughs) I'm sure it will. So I love that. (laughs) Awesome. So your characters go through a lot emotionally throughout this entire book and the journey that they, you know, go on within their lives and all the things they're hoping for. Did you find it really hard to kind of write about that and keep it realistic? Because I feel like a lot of the times... (laughs) whenever there is an issue in here, it feels very much like human emotion and not so much like a romance novel where it was, you know, really exaggerated. So did you have a hard time kind of keeping that line or do you feel like it was pretty easy? Um, I tried to, and 
what I've actually read is that the best way to kind of write those high emotional moments and those big, I guess, swells in the plot and stuff is to really write from experience and to not try and embellish them, I guess, too much, make them too over-exaggerated. So a lot of the stuff that happened in 10 Dates was drawing from real life experiences. So real life emotions, trying to draw back to, you know, things that happened to me, you know, years and years ago. Like I said, not exactly how they panned out in the book. I didn't live as fabulous life in the in my 20s as Libby did. But kind of taking that, those things that happened and really using that emotion and things like that, using journals that I wrote when I was back here in my early 20s and things like that, taking experiences that I had and kind of running with those. There were a couple of things that were, you know, quite hard to write just because they were touching on something, touching on nerves and touching on things that I had experienced in my life. But I feel like that's what kept them genuine rather than, you know, making them totally, totally crazy where someone reading them goes, no, that's there's no way that that's how it actually would have happened and things like that. But being set in Hollywood as well, I did have the luxury of being able to make everything very glamorous and big yeah. because that's how the characters were. They were very dramatic, you know, it was very much Gossip Girl where things were, that's not how it happens in real life, but these girls are just, they're just the Blairs and Serenas of their world where, you know, they're like, cool, the easiest way to do this is to just go big or go home and just go crazy with it, you know, throw each other under the bus, you know, tell lies, have people follow, things like that. Very much a different world, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like it worked with the characters in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt like I was reading a few scenes, not to spoil anything, but towards the end, I was reading a few and I was like, this is so accurate. Felt like a lot of the times like you read romance and you're like, okay, this is so frustrating. Like these characters are so dumb. There's no way this would happen in real life. (laughs) But it just felt like one of those ones where I didn't want to like beat either of them with the book themselves. So I love that. And I was like, I just wonder if it was really difficult to write that because I feel like it is really easy to kind of go big and and be really exaggerated and make things like kind of unrealistic because it is a book, but it felt so realistic to me. And I, I loved that about it. Yeah, it's funny that you actually mentioned that scene because I did have some feedback from early readers that said that the scene was really repetitive mm-hmm. um, and really messy. And I was like, yeah, but it's a, it's it yeah, that's like the point. That. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah, exactly. I don't know any like if I think back to, you know, messy arguments that you have in relationships and stuff. I don't know any of them that's kind of follow that nice streamlined way, you know, where we start yeah. out fighting and then by the end, you know, we're all fine and things like that. And you're right, in some romance novels, it definitely gets portrayed like that. Yeah, that particular scene towards the end of the book, I wanted it to be messy. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be really repetitive where they're saying the same things to each other and things like that. But I feel like that's real life. That's yeah. way more realistic for sure. Yeah. And I definitely felt that when I was reading it, I was like, I think sometimes it's just so hard to write a romance, like breakup. That yeah. they don't end up, you know, back together. Or even if they do, I, I'm, I'm always like, okay, you forgave him way too quickly. And the, mm. the even the breakup itself is so unrealistic. And so I love that because I was like, this actually feels like this is really happening. And we don't know what's going to happen at the end because this is how someone would respond. So I love that. I was like, I'm yeah. invested. <laughs> oh, excellent. No, that's yeah. some excellent feedback. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I liked how you ended that scene as well. You know, just great. It was so fun. I oh, loved it. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, so <laughs> you said writing human emotions and all that kind of things is pretty difficult so what was the hardest scene for you to write in the book um so thinking back to 10 dates because I've just because I've just finished writing the sequel so I could tell you what the first chapter in the sequel was actually the hardest one for me to write and it is still very fresh in my mind and some of the readers that I've had for the first they were just like 
that first chapter, what have you done? And I was like, yeah, it was just as hard for me to write as it probably was for you to read. But I think 10 dates, I think that that scene between all the scenes between Ace and Libby were really, really hard to write because Mm -hmm. I based them on a past relationship that I had had where, you know, we weren't necessarily, you know, we, we were both good people. Um, but together and the circumstances around us being together, it just brought out the worst in each other. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard to kind of, I guess, stay true to that and not make it out that, you know, one or both of them was the bad person. Yeah. But just like realize that they just weren't really good together. And I feel like a lot of relationships are like that, where the two people are really, really good people on their own. But when they come together, it's just fighting and it's continuous you know back and forth and it just doesn't work together and I think it's a really hard realization for a lot of people to come to where it's like oh you know you want him to be the bad guy or she to be you know the reason that they're not together when really just them being together is just not a good match and they just bring out the worst in each other so I think every scene that I wrote between Ace and Libby was difficult to write because I wanted to get that across I didn't want to make out anyone to you know be oh you know he's definitely the bad guy. We're not going to root for him or, you know, oh, this is all her fault that things are not going well in their relationship. So I think those were probably the most challenging chapters to write, those interactions. Yeah, that's totally fair. And it's hard to kind of build those relationships when they're long distance and they're not together all the time too, because you want it to be like not really loving, like in an over-exaggerated kind of way or them being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see you. Like we have never not communicated so yeah that that definitely makes sense (laughs) yeah long distance relationships tricky very very tricky yeah yeah and it's hard to it's like those interactions are so awkward you know when you first get back and see someone that you haven't seen in a long time whether you're like dating or friends or anything and you have to kind of figure all of that out and so I could definitely see how that would be hard to write about (laughs) yeah and a lot of things happened like a lot of things so many things have happened in between you seeing each other and things like that and it's just yeah so yeah Definitely. <laughs> totally fair. In contrast to that, what was your favorite scene to write? Uh, my favorite scene to write, it was definitely, I had so much fun writing the dates just because I was like, cool, I can just totally <laughs> indulge my own little girly fantasies about what I consider, you know, perfect little dates. But it was just really fun to write that witty banter and, you know, all those really, really fun moments when you're getting to know someone, you guys, you realize that you guys really click And things are just easy and smooth and fun and things like that. There's no complicating factors. Or if there is, you've pushed them to the side and completely forget that those exist. So, yeah, it was definitely the dates I had the most fun writing for sure. I love that. I love that. I've recently discovered or decided, I guess, in myself that like one of my favorite tropes is the we choose them trope where like the love interest introduces the the main character to his friends or her friends. And then the friends yeah. are like, oh my gosh, she's our favorite. We love her. Or like, he's our favorite. We've never seen, you know, her this happy. So that's like my new favorite, like underrated trope is where the the friend group like brings them in and is like, okay, we choose you now. You're ours. And I loved that moment. So yeah, I definitely love the costume party. <laughs> I actually really love that too. And I didn't, now thinking about it, I have actually never thought about that as a trope, but I, yeah. How yeah, I they? thought about it the other day and I was like, this is a thing though. Like this is a it moment. It should be. <laughs> that, like we need to talk about more because like, I can't think of a single book, but I know it exists and I know it happens a lot. I just can't think of like one specifically. And I've been thinking about it for days. I'm like, where does this happen? I know it happens all the time, but I don't know where. <laughs> it's definitely it. underrated for sure. Yeah, it's really definitely underrated. underrated. Yeah. yeah. Now we should push for that. Cause I actually, I really like that trope too. 
Yeah, and like I like it even more when they choose them over the the love interests. They're like, no, oh, we actually yeah. pick her, and then they get to be friends. And they're like, this guy, like, never heard of him. You know what I mean? I, that's my favorite, so I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm actually go- I'm going to look for more of these now because I would love to read more books with this trope for sure. Yeah, I read one the other day, but it was an arc, so I was like, I can't really cite that because it's like not out <laughs> yet. But like, yeah. this happens, and I love this, and I want more of that. <laughs> and as yeah, soon as I read it, stores, I was more. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need perfect. to see more of them for sure. Yeah, that's my that's my plug for the the most underrated trope. <laughs> so, if you could pick any of your characters in these books, who would you pick to be your best friend, and why would you choose them? Oh, who would I pick to be my best friend? Temporary best friend, probably one of the Brat Pack girls, just because I would love to see what their fabulous life is actually like. Don't feel like they'd be very good long term best friends though. So probably one of the side characters. So one of the college kids that you get to meet, I reckon would be more long term best friend potential. But definitely the Brat Pack girls, I would love to just get more of an insight into their fabulous Hollywood lives and whether it is all as glamorous as it seems maybe it's not maybe it actually is and this they love having these double lives where they're you know really nice to each other and then behind each other's backs are just waiting for the first opportunity to sabotage yeah I feel like I could I could write a whole whole bunch more if I got a little bit more insight been in the back of my mind I was like what am I going to do if I finish another one and I was like oh I could always go back and do a little bit of a Brat Pack prequel yeah um to 10 dates and I was like I feel like that would be really fun that would be very very strong on the click and the gossip girl vibes but yeah. um, oh my gosh yeah, yeah that would be fun <laughs> that actually would be so fun I support that yeah. so if you ever want to write it <laughs> I will read it <laughs> thank you <laughs> I love that okay so speaking of gossip girl who's your favorite character on gossip girl it's got to be Blair I mean she is such a bitch but she knows that she's a bitch and she embraces it she's like you know what I've had to work hard for everything that I have Mm -hmm. Serena just kind of breezes through life and I have known people that breeze through life and I hate those people yep (laughs) because I'm one of those people that has to work hard for everything that I have so I'm definitely definitely team Blair all the way same same absolutely (laughs) (laughs) she's just too perfect and like no effort and I hate those people and I just wish I knew the secret sauce to being effortlessly glamorous like I hate you (laughs) yeah and I feel like Blake Lively just completely embodied that whole character as well where she's just continuing to just breeze through life and you're like "Mm, man I really wish I want to be you but I hate you and you know (laughs) I'm always like "Mm, the best for you Mm." yeah (laughs) that's great I'm so happy for you (laughs) yeah not at all jealous yeah not even a little bit maybe like 10 percent like that's it (laughs) yeah absolutely I love that so let's talk about your new cover that just released a few days ago you revamped it as an anniversary edition um what was that process like did you kind of commission it was it your idea and then someone ran with it how did that whole thing work out Yeah, so um, I have always commissioned an illustrator to do my covers. Basically, I tell them, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Can you bring this image to life and things like that? So that was the same with my original cover for 10 Dates. Um, In saying that part of my reason for indie publishing in the first place was to retain that creative control so that the final product looked like exactly what I wanted it to look like. So I didn't want to commission a cover designer per se, but just someone that could kind of bring the image to life and then Mm -hmm. I could work with it. So the covers I've designed myself with the images that I've commissioned from um, illustrators that I've met on Instagram, which has been really fun. And I really, really loved my original cover. It was something that I've run with for the longest time, even before, well before I published and things like that, when I was sending out art copies and things like that. But I really wanted 
to kind of, now that I've read a lot of romance novels and I look at all the covers and I'm like, cool. So we'll, we, we don't want it to be exactly the same as every other romance cover on the shelf, mm-hmm. but we want it to really scream contemporary romance. We want yeah. to draw people in, draw in that audience. So that was kind of the, my reason for revamping the cover and trying to make it look, I guess, a little bit more relevant to the genre that I've written in. And I absolutely love love the new cover, love the new image, and I I guess it has now cemented the feedback that I've gotten, cemented my desire to have the sequel cover be in the exact same theme. So I think this is my theme, and yeah. now I'm like, cool. So subsequent books, I'll keep them all within the theme so that they look like a series, they look like, you know, they're related, they're all a part of each other and things like that. So it's been a fun experience. And working with illustrators on Instagram like some people are just insanely talented and looking at the stuff that they produce and I'm just like wow like there's so many people that are just insanely insanely talented and being able to tell them you know my mess of thoughts like oh I kind of want this and a bit of this and a bit of this and you know blah 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 blah. and I'm I don't know how they take the mess that I've given them yeah. and create these masterpieces but they really have so yeah I'm really excited for everyone to see the new cover and um yeah I'm gonna run with that with the sequel and yeah we'll see how we go from there I love it god bless whoever created the cartoon covers for romances because I think it is such a fun trend like I do love the ones with people on them I love the ones you know where it's like illustrated but it's like there's something so different about like the actual cartoon cover that has like people on it and their faces like I just think it's so fun and it's just like I'm glad it's trending because I I just love them so much. (laughs) And there's so many different styles too. Like um, Ali Hazelwood's are so completely different to like Tessa Bailey's and stuff, but they work. Yeah. And it's so fun to just see the different, I guess, styles of illustration and things like that um, where, you know, we are using illustrations, we're using these cartoonish characters, but they're all really different. So it's really fun to see how they all come to life. Yeah. And everybody has their unique style. And I love that, like, you know, brand cohesion, like you're saying, continuing on throughout, because it's like when someone sees one of them, they're like, oh, I know that that's hers because all of her other ones are like that. And I just love when you can recognize authors from afar and know that like all of their books, you know, connect. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) And covers are so important. I had no idea how important covers were until I was like trying to design my own. And I'm like, great. So what is going to make someone want to pick this up? And it was really funny because with my um, the original cover for 10 Dates, there was a lot of misconception that I had where people were like, oh, this is going to be really, really like, it's going to be really, really spicy and things like that. And it's not a really spicy novel at yeah. all. But the image that they got, like the thoughts that they got from looking at the cover was, oh, you know, this girl's in her underwear. It's going to be really, really spicy. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's interesting that people have kind of taken that. And some people it's drawn them in because they really, yeah. really like that spice element. Whereas some people it's kind of put them off from it. And then when they've read it, they're like, oh, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that, you know, this new cover more accurately reflected, I guess, that aspect of it as well. Yeah. I really liked the original cover and the way it was set up. And once I read the description, I was like 50, 50. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is going to be spicy or not. So I kind of went in yeah. with the thought that like, it might be, it might not be, but I knew once I read it, you know, that she was obviously trying to be an angel and that was the whole point, but yeah. I could definitely see how people could construe it as being very spicy because of that. So <laughs> yeah, it was something I'd never even thought about, but when people mentioned it and I was like, Oh, and <laughs> when you, when you start getting feedback initially, when you publish, you're like, okay, don't be offended. Don't be offended. People are just trying to give you their feedback and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And initially I was really offended. I was like, 
I don't understand. Like, yeah. it's like she's an angel. How else do I convey that? And things like that. She's Victoria's Secret. That's what they do. But then, like, the more, you know, I like let it sit and simmer and stuff. And I was like, no, I totally get it. Like, I understand. And, you know, you, like I said before, it's really, really easy to try and make everyone happy and take everyone's feedback on board. But at the same time, it's important as an author, if you want to be better, to be able to take bits and pieces of feedback and being like, oh, yep, okay, I'm going to just let that sit. And then you realize, oh, okay, no, 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 that's totally valid. I can see where that would happen. Let's try and make it better, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was a bit of a journey with the cover for sure. (laughs) Totally fair. I love that. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) could see it. And it's like you're... I almost feel like when I, if I, this is why I could never be an author because I would take all that and be like, well, it's too late now. So thank you for that. But (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing I'm going to do about it. I appreciate it, but (laughs) I'm not very good at taking criticism. So I, you're, you're doing much better than I would. (laughs) Um, It, it is really, I think taking criticism is the hardest part. I actually commissioned a friend when I first finished my first draft of 10 dates and the first draft's always trash. Like there's so much stuff that you need to cut and it's just trash. The grammar's trash and everything. And she meant so well and she helped me out so much, but she printed off the entire manuscript and went through with a red pen. Oh, no, no, no. Um, and marked everything. And I, I, she's like, oh, I'd love to see you. And we sat down for two hours and went through all her red markings. And it was soul crushing. Yeah. But then when I took some time after that and I was like, no, but this is great. Now I have so much good stuff to work with. But at the time it was soul crushing. I was like, this is trash. I'm never publishing this. No one's yeah. going to read it. Throw it away. I, I start <laughs> yeah, over. <that's- laughs> Thank you though. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, yeah. The taking the criticism and actually being vulnerable enough to share the story yeah. that you've come up with, with other people. Terrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. I could never, I would be like, well, that's <laughs> nice. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. <laughs> that's awesome. So what made you decide to part, uh, to write your book in the romance genre? And would you ever do a different genre maybe later on? Um, I have considered um, fantasy romance, but there's so much good stuff out there. And I feel like trying to make your fantasy romance novel stand out is really, really hard because there's so much good stuff out there. Um, and I feel like there's so many crossovers and there's only so much, I guess, um, uniqueness about the characters yeah. and the different worlds and stuff that you're creating. Um, so that has always been in the back of my mind and maybe I'll venture there, but I've always been a big romance novel, like, romance reader and it wasn't until I think I started writing and I was up to the publishing process with 10 dates where I realized there's a lot of contemporary romance out there before I was just reading like solely Nicholas Sparks and that was Mm -hmm. my outlet for romance but it's really nice to be able to read romances written by women because they're very very different to romances (laughs) written by men and I love Nicholas Sparks A Walk to Remember will be one of my favorite books for for my whole life yeah um but it is very very different reading contemporary romance where it's very much relevant to I guess the here the now relationships now and things like that because things are so so different now they were you know 10 20 years ago and things like that but I really have enjoyed that and mainly Ali Hazelwood's her stem characters mm-hmm. I'm a science teacher so I am a fellow woman in stem um, yeah. in my day job so it's really nice to read about um, women in science and these contemporary romances built around their lives and things like that so that's probably my favorite in the contemporary romance genre at the moment. So I'm really, really loving that. Yes, women in science. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. And that's so true. And I'm so glad like we're getting a time where there are so many like female authors and people writing about these characters that have real jobs. Like we talk about that a lot. 
And it's like, it's so nice to hear that they're not just like, and this is me as a marketing person, but like, you know, in marketing or like publicity or, you know, they just have like some fluffy job and they're not like concerned about their career. And it's so fun to kind of have these women who are driven by the goals that they have for themselves, whether it's personal or in their career or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, I love to see that because I feel like there was a time where it was just getting brushed over. Like I read in college, I made a goal to like read Nicholas Sparks whole backlog, which was a mistake. Cause I read them yeah. like one after the other. And I was like, well, all <laughs> of these are exactly the same, but, <laughs> but <Yep>. characters, <laughs> you know, they they're going through whatever that snapshot is during the time, but in, you know, contemporary, there's a huge amount of like life telling that goes on in these stories and things that they go through. And there's such a longer, I think like time frame too. like even in 10 dates, you know, Libby's going through this almost, it's almost a year's worth, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you, you get these, not just the snapshot of, you know, what's happening at that time and those two weeks, that month, whatever it is. And it's like, you get to go through their whole lives and see how much their life changes and all the career goals they have and stuff. And I love that. And yeah, I'm a huge Ali fan. Love her. <laughs> yes. Love her too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's those strong female characters. And I feel like I was really, really missing that. And I didn't realize how much I was missing that until I started reading mm-hmm. contemporary romances written by women. Yeah. And I don't know, apart from Nicholas Sparks, I don't know if I could actually go back now to reading, um, reading them written by men. Cause it's yeah. um, like some of them are, absolutely ridiculous and you're just like wow I'm never gonna read that because it's a man's perspective right Nicholas Sparks isn't too bad but it's definitely so different to reading it from the female perspective and I think you know that's where it's at for me at the moment totally valid yeah I think like we say our tastes like ages and fluctuates and we adapt and and things change for sure yeah I love that (laughs) I know I'm like I don't know if I could go back and read I I love his books and like I said I read a lot of his backlog when yeah. I was in college, but I think back and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever go back and like reread that now that I've read like Tessa Bailey and Allie Hazelwood and like, you know, some really fun dark romance and like all those. I'm like, I don't know if, if that's for me anymore. <laughs> but I think that's it, isn't it? A lot of contemporary romance is fun and it's yeah. easy to get into. It's easy to read and it's enjoyable. It's um Nicholas Sparks. A lot of the time you're just like, wow, it's just all about that, you know, big dramatic love story that's life altering yes. and life changing. Whereas, you know, sometimes you just want to read a nice, fun romance. Yeah. Sometimes I just <laughs> want to know about like friends to lovers or some sort of vague enemy to a lover and that's it. <laughs> that's right. And so yeah. a little bit of fake dating in here and things like that. And yeah. 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 Sure. We'd love to that. hear about a restored marriage. Like I'm fine with all of those things. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So what's kind of next for you on the docket? This one's coming out. The sequel is coming out. But what's do you have a, do you have a date set um, and what's going on after that? So the uh, illustrator that I worked with, so Maggie from Maggie's Art um, on Instagram, she is going to be working on the cover for me uh, mid this year. I've got my beta readers going at the moment. So um, that was a pretty big experience because I didn't have beta readers for um, 10 dates. I kind of just, a lot of it was my own editing, which was meant that I read the manuscript at least a thousand times, (laughs) um, which was insane because every time you go through the manuscript, you're like, no, there's another mistake. I'm going to have to read it again. Um, And it just becomes a huge big thing. Yeah. So I've got my beta readers going, you know, it's um, what was important for me in terms of beta reading this time was to make sure I'm providing an authentic US setting because I am from Australia. So I can't just jet off to, to New York and be like, cool. Okay. So this is set in New York. So I've got to make sure that, you know, this is correct and this is correct. I didn't go to college in the US and a lot of the book centers around the setting of college. And so I was like, great, I need some actual people that actually went to US college to tell me have what is what I've written complete rubbish or is it yeah. actually accurate? So that was 
my real driving force for having some beta readers and just making sure that, you know, they were able to provide me with some feedback on, you know, no, that doesn't happen in US colleges. Okay, because it happens (laughs) in Australian ones. Great. So that's completely different. So, yeah, after that, I'm hoping to, you know, do some more editing and things like that, some proofing. Haven't quite decided whether or not I'll um, get someone professionally on board, but I am open to that idea. But I'm fingers crossed thinking that we'll be ready for a early December release. So just okay. in time for Christmas, which will, yeah, be very exciting. And I'm hoping that, um, yeah, things will come together and we'll we'll be able to stick with that. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so excited. That is like, it's so fun to hear that you're going through the whole process, doing the beta readers, doing all of that and like taking your time with it. Cause like we were saying before, you know, there are a lot of indie authors that publish it so quickly, but I think it's their full-time job. And it's nice to hear that you're like taking your time, making it exactly what you want it to be and, you know, giving it the chance to spread its wings and be the best book. So I love that. Yeah. It's um because I am someone that I pick up punctuation yeah grammar errors spelling errors when I'm reading and I'm like oh <laughs> I was like oh that's gonna annoy me that's really like it's something that just sticks out on the page and I'm like I just and I've had I've read a lot of stuff from indie authors and um it's like little bits and pieces and you don't even realize that they're even in there until you know someone else reads it and they pick it up and I'm like no me being the perfectionist that I am yeah. could not publish if I didn't think that my manuscript was a hundred percent perfect. Right. So yeah, it's um trying to take your time is hard because you just want to be able to get it out, but at the same time, super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's kind of all the questions I have. Just say a massive thank you to you for reading 10 dates and anyone <laughs> else that has picked up my little book. Um, as indie authors, we really, we do it for the joy of being able to share our stories with people. So anyone that picks up my book, whether it's in paperback, ebook or Kindle Unlimited, it's a joy just to know that, you know, you've enjoyed it. And if you haven't enjoyed it, sometimes the criticism's hard to hear, but at the end of the I day, we it. like it. <laughs> we, we, we like it. It's nice yeah. to be able to get, you know, all the different sides of the story because even what I would consider the best novel, I go on Goodreads and then I really enjoy reading the one-star reviews. Oh, that's my and favorite every, thing to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every book has them. No matter how good, like, I've thought a book is, someone will always have a one-star review about it. So, yes. I mean, yeah. everyone's going to have their different opinions. So the fact that you've picked up my book at all is means so much to me, whether you thought it was a five-star or one-star. So, <laughs> Just don't yeah. tell me if you thought it was a one-star. <laughs> yeah keep that to yourself (laughs) that's awesome well I appreciate you coming on I had so much fun where can everybody find you on the bookish interwebs um so I primarily um in terms of socials use my Instagram which is at 10 dates novel so you'll find all the updates about the new cover and when that's actually going to be released as well as all the updates on the sequel so you can find it there I've also got a website um 10datesnovel.com so you can find some sample chapters there if you're a little bit curious about it and where to purchase it so primarily on Amazon but everything's on the website. So all the information's there. You can get in contact with me if you've got any other questions. But yeah, it's been super fun to talk with you today. Yeah, this was awesome. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on and I loved the book. I had so much fun. It was like rewatching Gossip Girl, but at an older age. And I like that because sometimes I have a hard time going back and watching high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, but have you watched the, um, the Gossip Girl reboot? I've watched the first like four episodes and I was like, it's just not the same. <laughs> That's uh, every time I talk about Gossip Girl with someone, I'm always like, have you watched the reboot though? Yeah. And, yeah. And a lot of people have said, 
No, I haven't been game. And I haven't been game either because I'm all about that OG circa 2007 Gossip Girl. Yeah, I mean, that was like my entire personality all the way up until probably like, uh, I don't know, I was 24. So it's really yeah. hard for me to go back. <laughs> yeah, I um, I live in a very, very small town, small country town in Australia. And I was all about dressing crazy gossip girl like I'd wear heels to uni and it was all about like the colored tights and just standing out and stuff like that and I was like wow it was a different time wasn't it <laughs> yeah, who was I back then I, I like her but who was I <laughs> yeah yeah that's right I was, people definitely yeah. looked at me like oh this girl what is she doing <laughs> I see yeah I definitely was a big Blair fan I like dressed up for her as Halloween like multiple years in a row like she oh the headbands and, yeah, yeah yeah it's not hard like I have brown hair I'm like no I am Blair like I don't know if you know me but like I am her <laughs> you are yeah that's <laughs> yeah no I love that that's awesome well I really appreciate it I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes awesome excellent oh thank you so much for having me on it's been so fun yeah no problem awesome. say bye thank you. bye <laughs> thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode hope you enjoyed it if you aren't following us go ahead and follow us on tiktok and instagram at the bookish banter podcast please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review and thank you guys again for all of your support have a great day